Hey guys, it's Rebecca and Lily, and you're listening to Just Ghoulie Things. Hey guys, welcome back to Just Ghoulie Things, and we're your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. So this is our 26th episode, Holy shit. which is crazy. I mean, I probably should have announced when it was the 25th because I'm like, oh, That's a quarter to a hundred. Yeah. yeah, but I just noticed that and I just thought it was pretty cool. 20, 26 episodes That's now. insane. Time flies when time, time you're flies talking about the dead. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> and what I love about this podcast and like looking at us, like we literally are just chilling in our pajamas. <laughs> Just, you know, I'm I'm taking off nail polish as I speak. Oh, absolutely. It's the best thing. And we're doing what we love and we're talking about what we love, mm-hmm. which is even better. So, um, and that's all thanks to you guys. So thank you guys for listening to us ramble on and on and on and um, making just ghouly things what it is today. And it's only going to get bigger. I have I a like feeling. To, I like to think so. I like to think we're going to be like superstars to the point where like we can't In the paranormal community. Oh, absolutely. Oh, hell yeah. I want to go. Where, I want to go to the next. Um, <laughs> I just see Loki. He literally almost he saw jumped another over. dog. Oh, yeah, that was a cool. Yeah, he's like almost jumping over. I'm just watching Loki right now. He's so excited. Okay. Anyway, um, but yeah. So I want to go to what was it that we went to? The Piranity. The Piranity the <laughs> Expo next year, and I want people to recognize us and I want come to be, up to us. I want there to be like pop. Have you seen who was it? The video. Um, There's a video of someone and she gets attacked by paparazzi, so she does parkour and she like. Jumps. Oh my God, Taylor Momsen. Yes. Yes. yes Is yes, that Taylor real? Momsen. Is that a real thing? Because I heard it was fake, but I don't know. It might be fake, but anyway, that's going to be... That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I literally want to do that, yeah. even though I don't think my legs move like that. But anyway, okay, Um. so this episode is actually a really interesting topic that I've wanted to talk about before, mm-hmm. and I feel like kind of is relative in a way to one of the other episodes that we had um, about reincarnation. Yes. Um, I kind of touch upon that in one of my stories today. Yay! Um, but yeah, this is something that I've seen some shows talk about a little bit, but I've never really like done my research on it. So to yeah. see how many stories there actually are of this topic, um, we're going to be talking specifically about... Um, spirits that help solve their own murders from beyond the grave. Yeah, so... Um, I'm excited. Yeah, and the, you know, we, like, that's kind of like a weird random topic to talk about, but if you think about it, like, being the ghost of a murder victim must be so fucking frustrating, like, because <laughs> not only do you know, like, for a fact who your murderer is, like, because you're an eyewitness, but, like, on top of that, you're floating around. You can't really communicate with anybody because no one yeah. sees you. Not a lot of people can hear you. And if they do, no one's going to believe them. And then on top of that, while you're watching these people attempt to solve your murder, there's so many morons trying to solve it. No one's looking at the actual evidence. No one's doing protocol. People, and they're just people just like, watching the news and being like, oh, is this? You know what it's probably like? You ever what? watch a game show? And yes. people can't get the fucking in. Like, I have had to turn off so Wheel many Wheel of Fortune? Shows. Are you kidding oh me? God. Wheel of Fortune. A family Feud, you can, like, sometimes. But there was this old show. It's in reruns called Chain Reaction. I've never watched that. It is a word association game show. And, like, I'm pretty good at it. But there are these adults, and they're like, uh, pumpkin pie or some <laughs> dumb ass shit. And I, like, I'm yelling at the TV, and I have to turn it off. 
because they're so, and that must be what it's like, right? Watching people on a game show who can't get the obvious answer. That's the perfect analogy to this. Yeah, that has I to really, be. You can't put it all together. Like yeah. it's, and. Uh, yeah. I got played enough in real life. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was took a very dark turn. Um, but so it makes a lot of sense for some of these spirits just to roll up their ghostly sleeves and get to work solving their own cases. Um, and you know, some people may not believe these accounts, but it's a little too coincidental, um, in some of these situations of how some of these people acquire this information to figure out what really happened to these people with the lack of evidence they've had and X, Y, Z. Um, so Lily, do you want to start off with your story? Sure. So my first story is a man named Desmond Arthur. So, in 1913, Royal Flying Corps Lieutenant Desmond Arthur... I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. That's such a fancy name, Desmond. It's so, like, turn of the... Like, 19... You know what I mean? You don't hear any kids named Desmond anymore. No way. And if you do... Baby Desmond? And if you do, like, he'd be like, you can call me D. Or, like... Desi. Desi. Desi! Yeah! That's cute, actually. Um... So he fatally crashed his plane during a routine training exercise at an airbase in Scotland. Mm. Um, but according to local legend, it did not prevent him from continuing to make appearances at the base. <laughs> so soldiers began reporting after that mysterious footsteps and phantom plane noises, as well as seeing a ghostly figure, which is a very noncommittal way of saying you saw a ghost. <laughs> that is such a roundabout way of saying it. <laughs> So, um, some more, like, accounts. Uh, One pilot claimed he saw a fellow soldier in flight gear walk to the door of their mess hall, only to disappear without entering, while a flight instructor said he woke up in the middle of the night and also saw a pilot sitting in a chair by his bed. In all fairness, Arthur would have knocked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he clearly hadn't figured out doors quite yet. So, anyways, it didn't help that his popularity, um, <laughs> sorry, coincide, yeah, I swallowed, like, I swallowed my spit. Uh, sores. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, it didn't help that undead, it didn't help his popularity <laughs> that the spookouts coincided with a grave inquiry into the cause of his crash. Mm. So, the initial ruling was reckless on behalf of the pilot, um, which was bad for morale, seeing as how World War One had started and British pilots uh, were expected to get all the way to Belgium before getting killed. So he kind of, I guess, wanted to clear his name a little bit. I don't blame goes. him, yeah. It's like that song when he's like, it wasn't me. It <laughs> was me. On but it actually wasn't me. I swear, <laughs> it wasn't me. But claims of ghost sightings at Montrose um, continued. Another man who had known Arthur said that Arthur appeared in his room and tried to speak to him but couldn't make any sound. The story became so infamous that supposedly a German pilot who was shot down and captured behind Allied lines asked what the latest news was on the ghost. So people are following this. Like I'm here for it. Right? I mean, it's 1913. What else do they have going on right? besides World War I? <laughs> besides the whole fucking world war outside yeah. their window. <laughs> So because of these sightings, superstitious pilots started thinking there was something keeping Arthur from moving on. Eventually, a new investigation into his death commenced, which absolved Arthur of any blame. 
It turns out that planes in 1913 were kind of prone to falling apart sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. After his name was cleared, his ghost was supposedly had supposedly made final appearances in front of three of his old comrades, smiling at each of them before vanishing forever. Ooh. Yeah. That's like equal parts spooky and sweet. Yeah, yeah. You know, like at least he said goodbye, but at the same time. It's also like a creepy. Yeah. That would be me, though. Or no, I would like disappear, but like giving finger guns, like. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of saying, woo, you're like, ah. (laughs) Just awkward noises. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward in living and in death. Of course. So. Keeping real. um, Other sightings were claimed in later decades, and Arthur kind of became, had become a staple of Montre- uh, Montrose, I can't say that word, Montrose lore, um, although ghost experts, in as much as that's a thing, uh, <laughs> believe that these were simply other pilots who had been killed during World Wars, and Arthur was content to stay dead after his reputation had been restored. Mm-hmm. But he was honored with a wreath-laying ceremony on the 100th anniversary of his death just to make sure he wouldn't have an excuse to drop in again. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. At least he has now died with honor. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's a nice that's a nice end to the story. Yeah, I just like that he said goodbye to his like fellow pilots and yeah. not like his family. <laughs> well, you know what? Like when you're when I'm, I'm assuming to become a pilot, I've never tried to become a pilot myself. But I feel like there's a lot of hours on course. You're in oh, class. Yeah. Like I mean, you're around these people for so much time that they kind of start becoming family, and okay. I feel like that's kind of like. A very, like, small niche of people that are interested in, like, flying planes. Like, you will never catch me fucking dead wanting to fly a plane. Like, I will go onto a plane, but I would not trust my own life trying to fly a plane. So, (laughs) you have to have, like, a specific... You have to be a specific type of person for that. So... I I have a friend, an old coworker of mine, actually, who just... Congratulations! Became a licensed commercial pilot. Ooh! But I remember when she was in flight school... Um, so when is she working. taking us out to <laughs> fly over Manhattan and shit? Yeah, I'm gonna text her. Um, but just it, ghouly things. It's awesome because she would say to me like, "Oh, listen, like I have a flight test um, tomorrow. Like, can you cover my shift?" I'd be like, "Yeah, where are you going?" She'd be like, "Oh, you know, just to Pittsburgh." Oh, it's okay. And I'm like, "Oh, of course, just casual." Like, as if she's going just flying to fucking Pittsburgh. Exactly. Even though I'd rather fly than drive the eight hours, but yeah, but. Anyways, congratulations. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, but... She, anyways, Is she trustworthy? Like, would you be okay with I her flying? Trust her. You She's smart. Okay. She's good. She, I know that she studied hard because she'd, like, have her books with her. I just was, like, so ready to jump on a plane not knowing this person's <laughs> credentials just because it would have been for free. Like, I'm cheap as... I would okay. jump on a plane for free with a, like, parachute. With a, with a parachute. Two parachutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, my uh, first story... The title is Teresita Basa Possessed the Living to Name Her Killer. I'm glad you took this one because I can't pronounce that name. Teresita. Teresa, pretty much. Hit me with it. (laughs) So I just want to start off by saying that in headlines for this this, uh, story, it read, Did Voice from Grave Finger Murder Suspect? So... (laughs) I just, I, some of you guys probably don't have a dirty mind. If you're listening to this, you have a dirty mind. So we're just going to. Or I you have developed to, one since, since then. Yes. <laughs> so I first read this 
title, and I said, what? Boots just hissed at me. I said, what the fuck? So this voice, how did how did a voice finger a murder suspect? Oh, God. And that so that's where my choice of words. This and journalist, because like, you point, you a point finger. the finger. Um, this journalist could have definitely worded this better, but it caught my attention. It, it kept did, me. You re- did click on the article. I did. That was good clickbait. I'll give you that. Um, so this one goes back to 1977 of the murder of Teresita Bassa, who was a hospital employee who was found stripped, stabbed, and burned in her ransacked apartment. Oh, no. Yeah. So after weeks of investigating, the police weren't any closer to finding the killer, with only a journal entry stating, get tickets for A.S. Yeah, the initials A.S., but keep those letters in mind. So then after six frustrating months, detectives received a tip about another employee at Bassa's hospital named Alan Showery, A.S., a man with very suspicious initials, wink, 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 but who came through with the tip? Teresita Bassa herself. So you guys may be asking, how the fuck did she come through with that tip? Well, when the police traced the call, they ended up meeting Jose and Remy Chua, and according to Remy slash Bassa, Showery showed up at Bassa's apartment to fix her TV, but ended up murdering her and stealing her jewelry. You know what? That is the alternate route. Yeah, so um, when asked how they knew so much about the murder, Jose claimed that on three occasions his wife had been possessed by Bassa, then explained the details of crime. You know, just marriage things. <laughs> just things you go through in marriage, you know, possible possessions of your loved one, you know. Yeah, sometimes we argue. Do possession do us part? Yeah. Sometimes we argue, you know, sometimes. She just gets possessed by the demon. Sometimes dead. she gets possessed by a dead person. Till death do us start. Have you ever heard that? No. Oh, well. <laughs> you have now! <laughs> so, police showed Shari's apartment and um, <clears throat> searched Shari's apartment, I'm sorry, and he found a ring and pendant belonging to Basa. They then arrested Shari, who eventually pleaded guilty and was sentenced to 14 years. But while the case of Basa's murder was solved, there was still one big what the fuck concerning her spiritual snitching. Lily's currently caught. A cobweb. Can we just make this clear? It's decorative cobweb. Uh, it's I don't I'm not I don't have cobwebs around. <laughs> so it's I forgot it's to take. Orange. I forgot to take that down from the Halloween decoration. Sorry, I took everything else down, unfortunately. But anyway, um, so it was quickly discovered that Remy Chua was not, as initially claimed, a total stranger. She worked in the same department of the hospital as Showery and Bassa, but had lost her job just hours before the first possession supposedly happened. Oh. But that doesn't explain how she felt that, sh- uh, how she knew that Showery was a killer, and investigations into that particular factor doesn't have many answers. The best rational guess anyone has at the moment is that she had suspected Chowry, but was scared of him and didn't know how to relay this information except to claim that a ghost made her do it. Remy, for her part, told the jury that Basa spoke through my lips and that all I remember is hearing the name Alan. I just felt cold and thirsty. So... If, any, if somebody ever gives you chills and cotton mouth, it might just mean that a ghost is just trying to tell you they're a murderer. Or you may be just high as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think I think that Basa came through um, saying this guy murdered yeah. me because she wanted closure. Well, especially, so this is a coworker who had just lost her job, right? So she wouldn't have to see the guy who did the murder? Well, they both work together. But and she doesn't work anymore. Yeah, and so but she, she wouldn't have to see him, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. 
So maybe before that's the why first she possession, her, yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe she felt like safe. Her. Yeah. But that's my story. Wow. That's spooky. I mean, I know I, that's like the whole point of why we tell these stories is because it's spooky, but every now and then one kind of hits me kind of different. Yeah. And that's also like, I mean, imagine being suddenly murdered. Uh, well, please, I mean, you know what I mean. Don't like imagine like the brutality of it, but imagine that you had been murdered, right? And you kind of get to pick anyone. Who would you pick to possess? To tell my story? Yeah. Because, like, she picked her old coworker. Who would you pick? Oh, gosh. That's a good question. Now, is it, right? someone, that I, is it someone that I know personally or it could be just anybody? Oh, you know what? That does change things. Because it. the thing is, is that I don't have a lot of competent people in my life. Like, I feel like a lot of my friends would, like, I would go to them. I'd probably go to you. I'd probably go to you. Honestly. Good call. Because... You're, like, really one of my only friends that I could talk to about paranormal stuff, and they yeah. don't look at me crazy. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I feel like you have a loud enough mouth that you're like, <laughs> I need to say something, <laughs> all right? True. I'd be on the phone with the lawyer, like, you don't understand. This is serious right now. I but all my other friends it. would either ignore it, thinking that they were just going crazy, or, yeah, they would just ignore it. Like, they yeah. just wouldn't even, they wouldn't even put two and two together, because like, huh, they're oblivious. That's weird. Yeah. No, Yeah. That's that's what about one you? of the thing. Me, I would pick. Oh God, who would I go to? Maybe my mom too. I yeah. actually would pick my mom too. My mom's, yeah. my dad would over his head. I, I feel think, like guys are kind of they don't really pay yeah. attention to that stuff. I honestly would probably. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Like if there was like a big famous case, I'd choose like someone on the jury or the judge. Even oh, wow, you really thought about that answer like that. Or, or, but if it had to be someone close to me, honestly, obviously my mom. But if I couldn't pick my mom, I'd probably pick, see, my dad would already know. My mom you and dad so? would definitely already know. Okay. Um, if, depending on how it was done. So I would probably honestly pick my brother. Okay. Um, because my brother is very intense and he'd be like, it was the mailman. And everyone would be like, Jesus Christ, shut Nick. up. And he also doesn't, like, my parents both believe in the paranormal. Uh-huh. But I'm not sure where my brother stands. Okay. So that's like a double. You never asked him? He would just be like, this is silly. The shows are fake. And I'd be like, you know, you know when Creed goes, you're not a real man. Yeah. <laughs> that would be me. You know what I mean? Like, my, I could easily get through to either of my parents. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, 100%. Lily's, mm-hmm. like, coming from the grave. Yeah, yeah. But your brother... It would be a little more bizarre to hear that from him. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And then also I could be like, told you so, Nick. I told yeah. you for real. <laughs> so that's just like all around. Okay. That's a good If one. you had siblings, you'd understand. Yeah. Only child problems. Well, you can tell your, your cat that's so me. Sorry. That sounds really me. I'm not being me. But you know, like Pepper. <laughs> Imagine all six cats at my parents. Imagine house. one of the cats just opens their mouth and it's your voice, right? Like fucking um, Salem on Sabrina or uh, what's the... Uh, I know that'd be cooler uh, if like, the, cat the cat would get shot. Binks the cat. Oh, true. All right, sorry. Enough. I always I feel bad. I feel like I always start tangents, but I really feel like... That was a good one. Are, that was a good tangent. important tan- questions. We want you guys to tell us that if you were murdered... We, I, actually, I don't even give a shit who your close friends are or, or relatives. What celebrity would you want Ooh, Beyonce. to talk to? Yeah. I feel like anyone will listen to Beyonce. Anyone will listen to Beyonce. Either Beyonce or like... God, who would people... 
Because I also wanted to be like, oh, I forgot that person existed. You know what I mean? So like Jason Dolly. Who's that? You Jason Dolly. <laughs> I remember him. Okay. But why wouldn't you pick Drake Bell? Why didn't that come up? I love Drake Bell. I'm surprised that wasn't like the first one. Oh, true. Whenever I see anything about like my crush or anything, I always share it and I tag Drake Bell. Because one day he's going to notice. One day. One day. Okay. Is it my turn? Yep. Okay. It's your turn. So this one is called Unrelated Murder, and this one really got me. Okay. So in 2010, Australian psychic Cheryl Carol Loggerway, Loggerway? There's a, I don't know Loggerway? if it's a soft G or a hard G. I'm going to say Loggerway. Claimed she had a dream which showed her where to find the body of Keisha Abrams. Abrams? A missing six-year-old girl. And while she would personally give a wide berth to any murder locations we dream of, Carol Longerway decided to check the place out. She didn't find Abrams, but she did find find the the consolation prize of an adult woman's decomposing torso. Oh, shit. Surprise. Plot twist. So the mangled torso was eventually identified as the remains of Christy McDougal. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, who had been strangled to death and chopped into pieces by her boyfriend. Fuck! Yeah. So it wasn't totally random. The body was found on a remote Aboriginal reserve, which had already been searched thoroughly because police believed it was a possible dumping spot for her for the victim's body. She was later found elsewhere, and her mother was convicted. Holy of her crap! This story is a roller coaster. Exactly. I was reading it, and it was just it kept going. So. But there's really no better way to describe finding a torso when you're not looking for, for one. For real! So while uh, Carol Loggerway's discovery led to arrest and conviction of McDougal's actual killer, local police made it very clear that this discovery does not change their opinion about the use of psychics. And the police chief later released a statement that acknowledged the good outcome but made it clear that he has certain strong feelings about people who claim they are psychic. I don't think it will help if we enter a discussion on that. <laughs> Damn. This is a good, good answer. I mean, not the answer I want to hear, yeah. but a good way of answering. That's so, a nice way of being like, fuck no, we're not using psychics. Exactly. So. They say here, it's a, just a nicer way of saying, don't get me started on these dream idiots. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretty much what it is, though. Yeah. So Carol Loggerway, for her part, credits her aboriginal dreaming and a bad feeling. As the old saying goes, even a blind squirrel finds a dismembered torso. One <laughs> dismembered, not dismembered. Dismembered torso. But you know what? I mean, that I think was completely coincidental. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have heard of plenty of... There's a, there was actually a show on ID for a while that... Um, I believe it was on Investigation Discovery. Um, it was about different cases where psychics were used to come through uh, to find bodies, uh, people that were disappeared or were murdered, I trying to figure that. out whether they were yeah. um, still alive yeah. or dead. Um, and there's been... I mean, I think that especially when you have no evidence left, are you really going to be um, in an investigation yeah. team? Are you going to be that stubborn to be like, all right, we're not going to take on a psychic? Like, I think that should be your last resort. When DNA fails, call a psychic. Right? I'm going to make t-shirts. I'm going to make I t-shirts like that. that say that. I like that. Well, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. I'm True. Like, but <laughs> I... Um, um, and by that, I mean, I'm going to buy a bunch of just white Hanes shirts, a Target, and a Sharpie. And Sharpie. <laughs> And then we'll sell them for you guys. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so 
I just think I, I think that if you're gonna be that stubborn, I mean, I feel like you you have to try whatever you can, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, that's an interesting story. Yeah, but this also reminds me when you were talking about that show. Reminds me of uh, the Dead Files. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Yeah. I love that because they also like when I was watching. I sometimes I'll watch like BuzzFeed Unsolved or whatever, uh-huh. or BuzzFeed Paranormal with the ghosts, and I automatically like I don't know about you, but I automatically treat it like an open like fucking like a like a trial oh hell yeah right like you think about it and you're like what is the motive and everything so i i swear i got my master's in like criminal justice or something (laughs) i swear you feel like it i feel like it i feel like it hell yeah especially after all the shows i watch please like i should just be like i could be an investigator i could be the senior investigator with 50 years experience only being 23 years old <laughs> and so that's why I like that they bring it. So they, for those of you who don't know, they'll they have like a psychic, and they have also or like a um, like a medium, someone who can you know she feels ghosts, she talks to ghosts, mm-hmm. and then they also bring in a retired like New York City criminal He's investigator. He's the typical retired. Like, New Yorker investigator. He's got the look. Like, he has the accent. The accent. Like, hey, my name is, like, what? I yeah. I can't remember his name. Amy Allen, though. Amy um, Allen. Uh, she was so nice. Yeah. She was at the Piranity. The Piranity Expo. I didn't I, get to meet her, but listen, she I, sounded nice. I still read it as Piranity. Like, we followed, I follow them, and uh-huh. I think our account, yeah, yeah, follows them on Instagram. And every time I post, I'm like, Piranity? I'm like, shit, Lily, you did it again. <laughs> You will forever do it. Yeah. Forever. Okay. Okay. My story. So the title of this story is Golan Heights Boy Confronted His Murderer from a Past Life. I like it. Yes. So this is a bizarre tale, a very bizarre tale, of reincarnation involving a three-year-old boy from Golan Heights near Syria. So not only did he claim he had a past life, but also that in it he had been murdered, where his body and murder weapon could be found, and even that he knew the identity of the person who murdered him. I like it! So if you want to listen more about reincarnation, listen to our 18th episode, Thank You, Next Life. (laughs) That was a good episode. I really liked that one. So Dr. Eli Lash who was a physician in Israel at the time, investigated the case. Because of Dr. Lash's interest in reincarnation, the child's parents invited him along to check out their son's claims. The group that was tagging along took the boy to two cities before entering a third one that the boy claimed to recognize. When they found the village, the boy was able to recall his original first and last names and the first and last names of his murderer. Holy shit. That's uh-huh. like that, um, what's it, ghost inside my child type, type of shit. So an individual from the town overheard what they were talking about and said that the boy, uh, the name of the boy mentioned, his past self, had gone missing four years ago, Mm -hmm. and no one had heard from him since. As they continued to check out the village, the boy was able to find his old home. It was while they were walking around that he walked right up to a man and called him by his name, even though he had never met him in his current lifetime. And after doing so, he confronted the man by saying, I used to be your neighbor. We had a fight and you killed me with an axe. Holy shit! The man turned white and the boy continued with, I even know where he buried my body. Ah! The boy then led the everyone away, including the accused murderer, and was able to point out the location where his past life's body was buried and where the murder weapon, an axe, was hidden. With all this evidence, everyone accused the man of the murder, and he confessed. What was particularly interesting was that, get this, the mark on the skeleton's skull where the axe hit the victim corresponded to this boy's birthmark. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Which also goes to evidence of, like, if we have, like, birthmarks that we're born with, apparently that's, you know, how we may have died in our past life, blah, blah, blah. So the only known witness witness of the incident, Dr. Eli Lash, had died in 2009, and the information provided here is everything that is known of the case. It's a very strange tale, but it's not a single one, as other children have been reported to have remembered past lives, like we've talked about. So what do you think? Could this be true, or do you think the doctor just made it all up for his studies? I think it's true. 8,000%. What are the odds? Come on now. I mean, definitely, you know, check him for an earpiece and then see what happens. You know, it sucks because, like, a lot of this, like, this was literally, I saw a couple articles on this, but it was all the same information over and over again. Um, It wasn't like there was, like, it doesn't seem like there was a case or anything like that. and especially, like, in a country like Syria, I mean, it's not, like, the same system that we have in the United States. Yeah. So, You um, know, I think it's Italy that you are guilty until proven innocent. Really? Yeah. That's how Italians do it. Yeah, at least it was at one point. But, I mean, something also that I'm thinking of right now is, like, you know, a kid super young like that also would be maybe, I mean, I was, shockingly, could be kind of shy, Mm-hmm. Right? And walking up to a stranger and, like, dropping that bomb, like, might be a little look away. Yeah. All that he stuff. He probably looked him in the face and was like, yeah. I know you. I was your neighbor. Yeah. You used to murder me. And he gave his full-ass name, too. Yeah. Kids are a lot. I wish they said the kids name, tend but to they be, didn't have a name. Yeah. I mean, kids tend to be a lot, like, more outgoing or whatever, but still, like, someone, how old was this kid? Four. Four. Okay, yeah, true, because, like, four years Yeah. Old. So a four-year-old, well, three years old. I'm sorry. Yeah, a three, yeah, a three-year-old. Well, either way, uh, yeah. such a young kid probably would be like, oh, oh, you know what I mean? Like you would have had to practice. Like that just, and, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I mean, this would if this was something like a publicity stunt from the parents, that's a lot of fucking effort. True. And what are you getting from that? What are you really getting from that? Yeah. But yeah, true, and that's a big risk too because a lot of people would be like, "Your son's a liar." So it's a you guys are crazy. He's a weirdo. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's a big price to pay. Yeah. So that's my story, Lil. Nice. What's yours? Okay, this this one, is your last one, right? This one, I believe so. Yes. So my last one is the Red Barn murder. Red Barn murder. <laughs> so in nothing a- good ever comes out of a barn, except <laughs> cows and stuff. Or horses. What do, so few good things <laughs> come out of a barn. So in 1827, Maria Martin and William Corder had arranged to elope as dramatic young beaux with sketchy reputations are wont to do. Mm. <laughs> they agreed to meet at the Red Barn, a local landmark in their town of Suffolk, England, because small Victorian hamlets didn't have a basket robins <laughs> to meet up at. This is from cracked.com. I shout out to cracked because their I, their journalism is something else. I love it. I love to do um, those little photo galleries. They call it photoplasty. And uh-huh. I'm like I'm in bed, like looking at just like garbage ads or whatever. Clickbait for life. I remember talking to my brother about it and. About crack. I don't remember why. I think I sent him something, and he was like, "To be honest, Lil, I think that eighty percent of, you know, people learn how to people our age learn how to read from Cracked.com." Accurate, <laughs> accurate. I got some of my information from Cracked too. So, so, <clears throat> anyways, so while the two lovers entered, only one left. Ooh. 
So William skipped town soon after his clandestine meeting, but no one saw Maria leave with him. He wrote letters to her family, but made increasingly transparent excuses for why none of them were coming from Maria herself. Eh, I don't like this guy. And this is at a time when he could totally fake it, too. Oh, well, wait, what year is this? 1827. Oh, yeah. He, he killed her ass. He easily stick her name. That, oh, yeah. yeah. That's why I think he killed her, right? Because he clearly he knew she wasn't coming back. Yeah. So uh, either she was sick, she had hurt her hand, the post office must have lost her letter, right? So mm-hmm. presumably at one point he tried suggesting that Maria simply needed a break from the strenuous, attention-sucking world of snail mail. Wow. Right? So... This is why I think he did it already, because clearly he knows something's up, right? Mm -hmm. After a few months, Maria's stepmother began to have troubling dreams, or as we would call them, hunches, in which Maria was murdered and buried in the Red Barn, a building that only sounds spookier than the more times we typed its name. (laughs) So she was convinced that her daughter's spirit was drawing her to that location, and immediately her husband agreed to search the barn to soothe his crazy wife's mind. A few shovels worth of dirt later, Maria's body was discovered. Authorities had little trouble tracking down William, who, it turns out, wasn't exactly a criminal mastermind and was just milling about in London with pistols and incriminating letters tucked under his bed. Oh, nice. Yeah. In one of the biggest trials of the era, he was found guilty of brutally murdering Maria over a petty argument and was hanged for his crimes. Good. He deserved it. Yeah. So the site of the murder became a popular landmark for rubberneckers. And What's a rubbernecker? So I've heard it used a couple different ways, but whenever I hear rubbernecker, I think of, you know when you drive past a car accident... And oh, like, and you're like, yeah, he, you bend your neck. Yeah, or like uh, checking someone out. Yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, he was a total rubber neck. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I mean, there could be like a thousand other meanings. Okay. So, over time, the red barn was stripped clean by the true crime enthusiasts looking for souvenirs. Likewise, but much more disturbingly, William was also stripped clean. His skeleton was put on display in a <gasps> museum. <laughs> While his skin was used to bind a book about the murder. Oh my god, power move. Power moves. <laughs> what remains unexplained is why it took visions in a dream for people to consider what seemed like such an obvious series of events. And this is exactly why I was saying in the beginning, like ghosts that were killed and like there was there a cold case must be so pissed. Uh-huh. That they have to go through somehow other portals or vessels to communicate who their murderer is. Because clearly down here, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Maria's definitely sitting there. Like, when you watch the wheel, you're like, oh, my God. Right? Why are you buying a vowel? You already know what it is. You don't need to buy the vowel. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. (laughs) So. (laughs) I never got that. Yeah. Why are you fucking buying an A? You know there's an A in there. Why, Why would you waste I hope your you time? Can, I hope you become bankrupt. <laughs> Rebecca's so really passionate about Wheel of Fortune. I had to... Okay. When my mom was going to school and she'd leave me at my grandma's house, I could never watch what I wanted to watch. I had a, When I got there around 4 o'clock, we'd watch Judge Judy until 5. Then we would watch the news from like 5 to 6. And then from... I think it was 6 or something like that, we'd watch Jeopardy. Love you, Alex Trebek. And um, and then we'd watch Wheel of Fortune after. 
And my grandma was very passionate about Wheel of Fortune. And I so, love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. That's us watching Family Feud. And like me and my parents will be yelling on the couch, screaming. <laughs> one one time it was like, name something that follows the word pork. And we were like, pork loin, pork chop. And this guy went, cute pie. <laughs> I love you've seen that whole, um, there's like a video on YouTube where it's just completely stupid fucking answers yeah. from Wheel of Fortune and Family Feud. Yeah. So funny. I love so it. So funny. Or you could also see there was one that was like, uh, you know, name something that you pass. And this guy goes, a joint. (laughs) And then after that, this old woman goes, the collection plate at church. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Anyways, so that's that. But also, I mean, he, A, automatically might have been a suspect and definitely what should have been prime suspect. Oh, hell yeah. And like we said earlier, like, it was could have been so easy for him to just write something else and say, Maria, mm-hmm. right? And if, like, oh, the handwriting doesn't match because, like, she hurt her hand. Or, yeah. you know, she's, la, la, la. Maria says, but. I but think he, he just didn't, didn't care. Either he didn't care or that was his way of confessing. Yeah. Right? But without, like, actually saying I did it. Exactly. Right? Like, oh, Maria's not here. Wink, wink. Because she's nudge. dead. Yeah. I killed her. Yeah. In the red barn. Yeah. The red barn. Okay. Okay. So the final story is a haunting was allowed as evidence in a murder trial. So I know this one you kind of like read a little bit about. Um, But in 1897, a West Virginia woman named Elva Shue, wife of a local blacksmith, Edward Shue, was found dead by a neighbor. She was discovered lying at the foot of some stairs, her body in an awkward position, in a position. After her, after a original examination, a local doctor deemed the death natural and proceeded with her burial. And that would have been the end of the case, except that the ghost of Elva Shue was having none of that. <laughs> so the reason Elva was never properly examined was that Edward methodically kept anyone from inspecting her neck and head, cradling it obsessively and becoming aggressive when the coroner came anywhere near her. It's kind of like a dog and like he like yeah, has yeah, his yeah. bone and you're like, all right, let me go get this. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much how he was acting. Um, and then the new widower, the new widower, the new widower acted strangely during the funeral process, allowing a cursory examination of the body and keeping her neck covered in a high necked dress and scarf. But despite this super suspicious behavior, the doctor didn't feel right to press the issue and listed Elva's death as uh death as first as everlasting faint and then complications from pregnancy Mm -hmm. and because it was the 19th century people had no trouble believing women could die merely being from being just a woman yeah yeah um fuck women so elva's mother mary jane heaster hadn't liked edward and despite a lack of evidence she was convinced he had murdered elva but given that both investigating crimes properly and taking women seriously hadn't yet been invented in 1897, Mary Jane could do nothing but pray that somehow the truth would come to light. Then, for four nights in a row, Elva herself supposedly appeared in Mary Jane's dreams, explaining that her husband had crushed her neck because he didn't like his dinner. Hmm. To prove that her spinal cord had been severed, Elva's ghost turned her head around 180 degrees then walked away while still staring at Mary Jane. That's a really fucking creepy thing to make your mother go through during her dream, but the point seemed clear that Elva was not fucking around. (laughs) 
Mary Jane took this revelation to the local law guy, John, Pre- John Preston, and we'll never know whether Preston actually believed her or simply just wanted to get her off his back, but her panic ram- ramblings convinced him to look more into the case. And after learning about Edward's strange behavior, Preston, the only competent non-dead person in the story, ordered the body to be exhumed, and it took him about five seconds to conclude that indeed Edward had killed Elva. However, the strangest part of the story isn't the claims of Elva haunting her mother or twisting her neck. Um, it's that all these ghouly things <laughs> ah! yeah, held up in court. So during Edward's trial, Mary Jane was allowed to testify, and while it was Shu's lawyer's intention to make her look like a crazy old lady, this backfired horribly when Mary Jane stood her ground and managed to convince the jury of what she had experienced. The trial's acceptance of this ghostly experience has led some to call it the only known case in which testimony from a ghost helped convict a murderer, which um, <laughs> is emblemized on a plaque celebrating Elva Shu, who got no her killer from beyond the grave. So, yeah. You fucking go, Elva. Get, Power moves from wrecked. the grave. I yes. love that. Savagery. But I yeah. love that. That's like... Fucking cop whipped on me. That's... um. I, I don't know. I love that. It's, I definitely think that's a... I think all these stories of spirits coming from beyond the grave to uh, put their put their uh, um, their killer yeah. to justice... Said, if I'm going down, I'm taking you down with me. Such a power move. This whole episode is just one big power move, in my opinion. I love it. Also, I noticed uh, a couple... I mean, at least two-thirds of mine... Uh, were women and cracked.com said uh, we're beginning to think that in the 19th century people just had an easier time accepting that ghosts whispered truth than that women could figure things out yeah <laughs> accurate so anyways those are our stories mm-hmm. I love I don't know I, I didn't read the whole Elva story so I I kind of got the gist of it but you know what it fucking worked yeah that evidence fucking worked it worked I I think that it should, I think that spirits, I believe that that's, this has happened more than obviously the stories we've told and it hasn't been able to be, uh, haven't been able to be used in trial, but some of this stuff is way too coincidental. I'm sorry. Do you think you could like give someone power of attorney over your ghost? <laughs> that's a good question. Right? I mean, I guess that's kind of like who would you haunt? It's similar. We gotta, like, we gotta ask Mike. Yes! I'm gonna text him now. All right. All right, guys. Well, while we're waiting for Lily to um, text Mike to see the, uh, the professional answer to this, um, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Just Ghouly Things. Woo! So, um, Lily, do you want to go through the social media? Yes. All right. Follow us on Twitter. JGT Podcast. Instagram. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Our Facebook page. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. One second. <coughs> <laughs> Our private Facebook page. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. And you can totally donate to our Patreon at... Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share with us, please email us at... Just Ghoulie Things Podcast at gmail.com. All right, Boo Things. Thank you so much for listening again, and we will see Boo next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.